0: Hey, this is Bruce. I'm the pastor of the Word Church, Kimberley. I'm so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I trust that Jesus will speak to your heart, that you'll be strengthened with faith, and that you'll experience the breakthrough that you're looking for. Enjoy the message. Psalms, we're going to read three scriptures first before we start. So it's Psalm 95, verse 7 to 11. For he is our God, we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness. When your fathers tested me, we, they tried me though they saw my work. They fought of, for, for 40 years I was grieved with their generation and said it is a people who go astray in their hearts and they do not know um, my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. The next scripture is Hebrews three. Yeah, let's first let's go. Hebrews three, verse ten. All right, therefore I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I saw in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Let's go to the same um, Hebrews 3, let's go to verse 16. Um, I'm going to read from, yeah, verse 16. For who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt, led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And then verse 19. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Yeah, they could not enter in because of unbelief. And then the last one, uh, Deuteronomy 1 verse 2. It is 11 days journey from Horeb by way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. Um, so today's message from being stuck. So the Israelites, um, they traveled, they were stuck in the wilderness, not because their journey was hard, not because it was a tough journey or the journey was supposed to be long as well. It, it's because of their, their disobedience the constant need for correcting, um, the inability to accept that they are free, the deceitfulness of the enemy, obviously, as well. Um, And I think for a lot of us, it's the same thing. We're stuck in our journeys. We're stuck in our process where we're supposed to have been free or delivered or overcome already. We're stuck there because we are uh, disobedient, because we, we can't accept that freedom. And because they, we allow the enemy to deceive us, because we don't we don't stay grounded in the Word, and um, yeah, I believe that um, you know there's there's a lot of us. each of us goes through a lot of different journeys. There's, there's several journeys that we go through at once, um, and each journey builds up, and each season builds up one on the other. But each one of those journeys releases a different strengthening, a different matured, maturing, and a different revelation in us, um, of who the Father is, his heart for us. Through those journeys, we learn new skills, we learn um, new ways of doing things, and we learn what it means to overcome and what it means to be better than yesterday. Um, but oftentimes, we, we get stuck. Oftentimes, we, we struggle to see a way forward. Um, and it's because of these things um, that I've mentioned. So um, so the, the the enemy, I think, is it's one of our biggest challenges. Is the enemy? So, what the enemy comes, he deceives us and he lies to us about our identity and our authority. Um, and he keeps us he keeps us distracted as well. Um, one way is he keeps which kept me distracted was was his unforgiveness. So I would hold on to things of the past where not necessarily where just someone else has done something to me and I struggle to forgive but also where I've done something to someone and I'm unable to forgive myself for what I've done. So we hold on to those things, and the enemy keeps us in that shame and that place of unforgiveness, even our past lives, the sins that we've committed, um, things that we've done wrong, maybe to others and mostly just to ourselves. <laughs> so we live in that shame. We live in that place of I'm not good enough, and it lies to us about our identity. In Deuteronomy 28 verse 13, um, the word says, um, "Let me rather go to it." it thank you. <laughs> and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above and not be and not beneath, if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. So this scripture writes is Old Testament, but it gives you identity. Yeah, God tells you that. Be close to me, see me, keep your focus on me, and I will um, make you the head. I will make sure that you are above, not below. And that's 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 such a such an awesome uh, uh, um, how can I put it uh, identity to take on from God, directly from God, from what He says that who He wants you to be, who He giving you authority to be. Um, With that, we read um, Galatians two, verse twenty eight, two, verse twenty eight, Galatians two, verse twenty eight. Get it wrong, <laughs> but okay. What the what the verse basically means is that um, we, because of what Christ has done, um, let me try and, and word it. It's I no longer have to try and and and, and um, keep to the commandments. The commandments become something that's a it's an internal um, characteristic of who I am. It becomes me. So I live out the commandments. I I, it's, I receive the Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done. Twenty one, maybe. Yeah. Um, but it's it's it becomes easier, almost, when I accept Christ as my Lord and Savior. But then I I don't have to I don't have to work fulfill the commandments or to to keep the commandments it's something that just happens inside of me it just brings out that thing inside of me where I am able to um, do everything that Christ wants me to do and to be um, but if the enemy the enemy loves to to come and lie to us and tell us that you're not worthy you know look at what you did yesterday look at what you're doing today look at how you've not achieved look at how stuck you are and It's just a way of stealing our identity and trying to put us below. It's a way of trying to make us feel less than what we actually are. Um, If we read Revelation 22, verse 13, um, God gives us authority. He tells us that um, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. He gives us authority because of who He is, Christ is in Him, and we are in Christ we have authority over our beginning and our end. We have that authority over how we start and how we finish our race. Um, you know, that we sometimes we think, um, if I can only start, what if you can only start? Why don't you start? It's because we believe those lies that the enemy tells us. We believe those things that, that the enemy says that you're not good enough. So we don't even start. We disqualify ourselves before we've even attempted. Um, Me and Natalie were speaking about this. How How many promises and lost potential are in the graveyards? People that just never started. Graveyards are filled with potential. But because of who we are in Christ, the authority that we have, the identity that we have, we are able to start. We are able to say, I will take that first step, and I will trust God to bring me through. I will trust God where in the days and the times when I feel stuck, To bring me out of those days and to set me free from from those feelings of shamefulness and unforgiveness and those things that I struggle with that keeps me, tries to keep me in bondage in my past, I will overcome those things because of who Christ is in me. Um, Let's go to Romans, Romans 10 verse 17 quickly. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So uh, a lot of us lack that personal relationship with God and hearing for God for ourselves. A lot of us look, like, like the Israelites, they, they looked to Moses. <laughs> every time that they needed guidance, every time that they needed whatever from God, it had to happen through Moses. They just didn't have that relationship for themselves, a personal relationship. With God, and a lot of us are in that same place, where we look to our pastor, uh, we look to the televangelists, we look to the international pastor that's speaking on the on a TV, or on the on the on a podcast or whatever. What about you? Why do you disqualify yourself? Um, there's, there's, there's so much beauty in me getting my revelation of what the Word says, and so and it and it speaks to you personally. Whenever, it's, it's, whenever you hear someone, it, it's his revelation of who God is and um, God's heart. But when it's, when it's for you, it speaks to you in your situation, in your circumstances, where you are stuck right now. God is speaking to you personally. Um, so let's not look to a prophet and, a, and a, a, a pastor or whoever it might be for them to, I don't know, to serve God for us. Let's do it for ourselves. The only way we do that is by spending time in the Word. Like the Scripture says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word of God. Um, we can treat this book as a, as a, a, a manual for life, <laughs> how, to, how to run through life. But this is more than that. This is an invitation for you to get closer to God. This is an invitation for you to get to know the heart of the Father. That is an invitation for you to step into something so much deeper, so much more beautiful, so much, with so much more expectation than whatever you've, you've thought, there's so much more to it. And what's, what's, what's beautiful about this is that Jesus shows us the way. You know, he comes and he, and he, he just stays in that presence. He, 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 uh, there's this relationship between him and God, and he shows us that through that relationship, I can do anything. I can heal the sick. I can raise the dead. There's nothing that I cannot do. And yet, we—it's almost like we don't want that, for some reason. Maybe trust someone else for that. And we've been—we've been. Jesus gives us that command where He says, um, "You will do these things and even greater." But we don't. But it's because we don't step into that relationship with Him. We don't get to know Him intimately. We don't, uh, we, we, we see the pastor that knows him intimately. We see the uh, televangelist that knows him intimate, intimately, but we don't. So when, when, when a prophet comes to give you a word, um, and I'm not saying prophets are wrong, what I'm saying is when prophets come to give a word, they confirm what God has put in your heart already, most of the times. Sometimes it's a word of wisdom, sometimes it's a word of knowledge, it just depends on what God wants to tell you, but it's confirmation of who God is in your life already right. and what He wants to you. Um, a lot of times, um, we, I think we, what we need to do as well is we need to change that relationship that we have with God because what we do is, I said woof. <laughs> <laughs> that relationship that we have with God. So it's it's... <laughs> Maybe we should change it up. Instead of of saying, God, what can you do for me? Ask yourself, what am I in the kingdom? God, what's your purpose that you have for me in your kingdom? God, how can I serve you today? The word says, seek the kingdom first and all these things will be added to you as well. It's me serving first. It's me being intimate with God first. And all these other things will be added to us, whatever they may be. As we seek Christ, and as we draw closer to Him rather, our desires start to line up with Him. I don't know about you, but with my journey with Christ, my desires were so far off. (laughs) The worldly things, the lustful things, the, the things that really added no value to my life at all. And that has changed so much that whenever you think of those things, I can't believe that I was there <laughs> at some point. That I, was, I thought that I had to do those things to find joy and peace. Um, and, you know, short-lived happiness. But Christ wants us to experience a joy. He wants us to experience uh, rather a peace. As we walk righteously with Him, we experience a peace that, <laughs> that just it explodes in joy. And no matter the circumstances, no matter what I'm going through, I can experience that peace and that joy because I know that I have a Father that loves me for who I am. And I know His heart because I'm, 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 um, I'm drawing near to Him. I want to have that intimate relationship with Him. Um, let's just go to 1 John 4 verse 15. Whoever, conf- whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. It's just another scripture that, um, that confirms that whenever I draw near, God draws near. He's there with me. He's, I abide in him and he abides in me. And we start operating and we start doing things and he starts doing things through me for the people around us. How many of you know that your journey is not just for you? How many of you know that your journey is for your kids, it's for your friends, it's for your colleagues? How I walk with Jesus is a revelation for someone else. It brings healing to someone else. It makes someone else build up their faith so that they can also see, I can do that. I can be that. I can achieve. And it's important that we, I think Bruce preached it like two or three weeks back, that we murder Christ weeks back we we'll be mirror Christ we we'll be that mirror for Christ for who he is to the people around us um, i said uh, we're going to read a lot so let's go to proverbs 4 4 verse 25. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. I think, put it in a um, NIV translation please. Give careful thought to the path of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Um, we become so easily distracted with <laughs> the things going on around us. Um, we become especially distracted with other people. We, we look and we start to compare ourselves to what other people are doing. Um, we, 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 tend to, we tend to then look at them and then we put ourselves below Deuteronomy. I'm not below. I'm above. God has said that. He's given me that identity. But because we try to compare, we put ourselves below. We disqualify ourselves. And with that, it brings something else out of us as well. So when we see other people succeed and you not succeeding, <laughs> it kind of makes you jealous. You start saying things. You start talking things that you're not supposed to be but it's because of where's your focus. Is my focus on Christ and my journey with Christ? Am I running my race to win what Christ has said before me? Or am I trying to, I don't know, please the world around me or please the people around me? I don't think that's our purpose. I don't think that's what Christ ever wanted for us. It's, it's, it's my race with Christ. It's what I'm doing with Christ. And that's why it's important, and it comes back to that first part that I said, that um, that's why it's important for me to have an intimate relationship with God. So that my focus stays right. So that I don't look to my left, to my right, and looking for whoever does what. But I can look to Jesus and I can know that I'm on my right path. I'm doing the right thing here. And in doing so, once again, I'm showing the others around me. If you just run your race, if you just stay focused on who you are in Christ and what Christ wants from you, they can see that they can also achieve their goals and their dreams. And then we get distracted with our worldly desires. I think this is such a big thing. <laughs> I said it now before as well, um, that we so, so easily get distracted with, with the worldly things. The enemy has been clever. Where he's, he's been starting to tell us what it is to prosper. The enemy can't give us that prosperity. It can only come from God. Um, all over the world, you see people yearning after worldly success it's about the things that you can have it's the the weird things and the lustful and perverted things that the world is showing us is success the party life the cars the houses the clothes the and i think it's in a word that says do not worry about what you will eat what you will wear." and yet the enemy comes and he shows us this glamorous thing (laughs) and it means nothing because it will bring you happiness for a short while. And then it fades. And then you are left with what after that? Looking for the next thing to make me happy. Looking for the next thing where I can feel I gratify myself for, uh, where I can feel, yeah, like I'm worth it. But in Christ we receive that everlasting peace and joy. That, um, yeah, that, that sense of knowing that what I'm doing right now, as purpose, not just for me, in the kingdom, for everyone that I come in contact with, for everyone that, 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 that gets to meet me, that gets to interact with me. I get to be something and someone for them that can show them a different way, show them what true prosperity is, kingdom prosperity. That's serving in the kingdom. That's being a part of a church and serving in your church. That's coming and sitting under the word and going out and applying that word, that's what kingdom prosperity is it's not what the world is telling us not what the enemy is trying to tell us because everything that the enemy does is trying to pull us away from God and there's well there's there's really there's really no fulfillment in any of that it's short-lived but we're looking for something that's everlasting and through Christ we have that everlasting life Galatians, Galatians, Galatians 5 verse 16 Um, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So, Bruce has preached this before as well. God designed us purposefully to live so, soul, sorry, spirit, soul, and body, and in that order, because from the Holy Spirit, we are, we, we are guided in truth and life, that's Scripture. So, let's, let's forget about the world Forget about it. But let's let's throw off these vain, <laughs> useless <laughs> things that add no value to our life. And let's live from a point of where I'm I'm Holy Spirit inspired. My soul prospers because of that. And I'm living it out in the physical. I'm living out. I'm living proof of the goodness of God to everyone around me. Let's uh, quickly go to John 5, verse 19. I did give a warning about the Scriptures. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do. For, what, for whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the son gives life to, life to whom he will. Yeah, I preached, I, I shared a little bit on this earlier. But Jesus, Jesus modeled out for us what it means to be obedient. He showed that obedience to us. Everything he did was to glorify God. He did nothing for himself and nothing to gain anything from it. He did everything that he did was to, was to glorify God's name and to show the Father's heart. And like I said, with that complete surrender comes the miracles, the signs, and the wonders. I often wonder, why don't we operate the way the apostles operated (laughs) way back then in Acts and in Romans? We see them doing amazing miracles, and yet we can't step into that. It seems like it's, it's something that's just lost over the years. It just became less and less. I'd like to suggest that maybe... It's because we are not completely surrendered. Maybe we don't look to the Father enough to see what He wants us to do and who He wants us to be. Maybe we don't step into that. Maybe we don't take that first step of faith. Maybe we're so so scared and touch a little bit on fear um, later on. But we don't take that first step. And we don't step in boldly. These guys were Unapologetic. They simply just didn't care <laughs> what the world thinks of them, what the world wants them to do. They stepped in and they decided, I will glorify God and I will love out Jesus in any way I can. And if it means I'm going to lose my life, then so be it. But it's, it's a, I want to see, I think it's a psalm or a proverb that says, um, you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I want to see that goodness. I want to see the dead being raised. I want to see cancer being healed right before my eyes. I want to see someone just jump up because God has touched their lives. That's what I want to see. And, you know, not be, not, not just settle for a Sunday church service, but to walk that life and to live that life. To be that guy that steps out in faith and says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise the dead. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into a hospital and say no more. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna make it empty <laughs> today. We're going in and we're emptying out the hospital. Imagine doctors operated like that. Imagine doctors operated in a way of I will pray over them and I will heal them. People come in and walk out, and there's nothing to it. Imagine that is our normal. Imagine that we, 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 we miracle signs and wonders becomes a normal thing. And it's not something that seems so far off and seems like a, a fairy tale almost <laughs> to, a, to a lot of us and to the people out there as well. We don't believe it. Maybe we should start surrendering completely, give everything over. A while back, um, we've be, we've been stuck in a process, <laughs> um, and I decided, like, God, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this business over to you. You know, we we think we we operate like that, but we don't really because <laughs> there's certain things we're still doing wrong, there's certain things that we just don't do. And I say, God, I'm going to give this to you. So every time before I, I start doing what I do, I make happy buns. So every time I start making happy buns, I pray over them. I pray over my process. I pray, Lord, bless the works of my hand. But, Lord, don't just bless me. Whoever gets to eat and enjoy happy buns, let it bring them healing. Father, let them have a revelation of your heart, of who you are, because of what I do here. Um, I decided, Lord, I'm going to trust you for the favor, for the blessing, for whatever you want to do with this business. It's yours. It's not mine. I'm just a steward. I'm a steward of your favor, and I'm a steward of your blessing. Um, Things started changing. And you start seeing there's a little bit more business coming in. There's a little bit more... The finances just manages a little bit better than what they used to. You start doing things differently and you start seeing things differently. I asked God, God, show me a new way with my business. Show me a new way of doing and thinking, of seeing things. And He did. He showed me. You open up here and there a couple of doors for us. And it's, why haven't I surrendered it way back already? <laughs> but it's as you draw closer, it's as you go deeper as you get to know his heart and as you yearn for him there's something that happens inside of you and it just it comes out it has to overflow <laughs> it has to Psalm, Psalm 3 verse 5 says lean not on your own understanding and Psalm 119 verse 5 when I'm this morning is a lamp unto my feet see God God has designed us like I said to love spirit soul and body he wants to be the one that guides you in everything every area of your life whether it's your mental wellness whether it's your physical wellness especially your spiritual wellness he wants to be the one that's guiding you he wants to be the one that's that shows you the next step and like mike said it's always just the next step most times it's just the next step it gives you a glimpse sometimes of what the end can look like. If only, if only I can abide. It shows you that glimpse. Oftentimes, it's only the next step. I've asked myself why. I don't think I quite know the answer. I don't think I have to know the answer. For now, I think it's so that I can just trust on him, so that I don't have to look to the world and look to whoever and whatever. I can just look to him for that next step. I can trust Him and I can rely, rely on Him for the next step. And as I go, as I look back from where we started to where we are right now, there's a massive difference. And this is part of the obedience is when I step out in faith, when I'm obedient, when I start looking back at what, where I was and who I was back then and who I am right now, there's, there's such a big difference. <laughs> It doesn't even make sense sometimes we spoke about it it's like how <laughs> god it can only be god that's because we started doing things we started serving in our church i've never served in a church before this church i've never served in a church i didn't even want to sit in a church so i went to the one church they did collection they started closing and locking doors started looking around and said, what's going on why are we locking doors what's happening it just put me off completely Because there's certain things that God has always been speaking to me about. There's a certain way he speaks to me. um, And he will just make me feel uncomfortable about certain things. Relationships and everything, that's how he does it with me. And I just never, could never get drawn. The moment I stepped into this church, I just felt drawn. Because I saw a truth. I saw something that was good for me. Good for my soul. And it started making sense for me. And I started serving in the church, and it was... It came easy. And that's the other part about the obedience. It comes easy. Where it's your own strength, where it's your own way of doing things. And you start struggling and you get tired and you get weary. Last week was part of the message or the week before that. My yoke is light. So, when you do it in your own strength, (laughs) it's going to take so much longer. And that's, that's also where the Israelites got it wrong. They wanted to do it their way. And it took them 40 years later <laughs> because they did it their way. How much was it? Le- 11 days. Supposed to be 11 days. turned into 40 years. Imagine that journey. Or oh, don't. <laughs> don't imagine that journey. Isaiah 55, verse 8 to 9. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. It's exactly what I said just now, what I've been speaking on. Is that when when I'm obedient in Christ, He shows me His way. When I abide in Him, He shows me how He wants it done. Um, I think it was was Joshua 1, verse 8 to 9, that speaks of good success. If only I can abide in God, I will have good success. I've thought about that good success part. It's right at the end of, I think, verse 9, it says good success. It's It's not per se the awesome success. But it means success in a way that I did not hurt anyone. I did not have to push down anyone. I did not have to destroy anything or anyone to get my success. I will have good success because I abided in Christ. Because I obeyed the things that he, that he showed me. I, I trusted him for those things. I can have good success. I can sit back and I can say that I did everything right. I didn't have to hurt anything or anyone to get my, my heart's desires. Um, and then the next part, the Israelites struggled <laughs> with being free. They couldn't, they couldn't live that. A lot of us do the same thing. We struggle in our struggle. <laughs> we, we struggle to let go of the struggle, rather. So we, we get content with our struggle. We get used to just being in that place of struggle. We've been uncomfortable with our struggle for the last, I don't know how many months. And we just decided that we need to change. And that's where I started giving the business to God. It's because, but for a long time, we were content there. We were okay with just, just being okay. <laughs> and it becomes easy. It becomes easy to struggle. Really, it does. A lot of things that the enemy wants for us is easy. That's the easy way out. It's to just sit and accept my lot. That, that's it. I'm, I'm okay here. But when you become feeling out, when it, when it becomes uncomfortable for you to stay there, then a change starts happening. You feel the life coming back. You feel how God is giving you new vision, new purpose. He's just, he's putting a new energy in you. He makes you want to do things. He makes you want to step out. He makes you want to step out and just do things. So the Israelites, they, they never, as soon as things started getting tough for them, they wanted to go back <laughs> into slavery. Um, it's actually quite sad, thinking that it took all those miracles, <laughs> and all those signs to get them out of there, and for them to yearn to go back. Like I said just now, it's easier to go back. But when you've grown as much <laughs> as what you grow, and as quickly as you grow in Christ, You can't go back to that. It's hard to go back to that. Because when you look at that, I can't take on that identity anymore. I can't be that guy. I'm way bigger, way better, way, way bigger, but bigger. (laughs) I'm way bigger and way better than what I've been there. I have a different revelation of who I am in Christ now. Back then, I knew Christ. I knew of Christ, sorry. Now I know Christ. And Now I know who He wants me to be. Now I know what my identity is. I know the authority that I have. I know that I can speak and I can pray and I can, I can do all these things to change my own life. And yet, some of us don't want that change. I wish that I could. Uh, a while back, God, God did something beautiful. I was praying for my for my younger brother, my youngest brother. Um, yeah, my younger brother. Only have one younger brother. And I was praying for him. I was praying that, Lord, just give him a revelation of you. I just, I just, I just wanted to, to have, for him to have an encounter with Christ so that he can see, you know, that goodness. The thing that I've seen, what I've felt, what I've experienced in Christ. And he was, going, he was being tormented. He was going through <laughs> something very dark and something very bad. Suicidal thoughts and all that stuff. It took one encounter with God. He's never looked back. It's happened a couple of months back. It's like four or five months back. But the things that he's talking, the way he's talking, the ways he's, he's, he's talking about himself because of who Christ is in him. It's just, it's, it's amazing. And it inspired me. It made me feel like, because we were going through a tough time. It's like, don't you dare give up. Don't you dare give in to the enemy. Don't you even think about starting to feel bad about your situation. Look what God has brought him out of. Look what God has brought you out of for the last, what, 10 years? There's so many bad things that God has brought me out of. And how do I go back to that? How do I go back to being that guy when this is so good? Yes, the the battles are real. It's, 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 it's real. It's, it's tough. It's not easy because the enemy sees the good things that you're doing. He sees, he knows that there's so much good inside of you. And if you can keep that potential suppressed, if he can keep you from taking that that first step of faith, well, you can stop a whole generation like that. I've got to do it. I've got to do it for my family. I've got to do it for my kids. It's It's a demand on my life. I have to. I was just thinking of that song, I'm no longer a slave to fear. Yeah. So the next thing is the fear. Um, 1 John 4 verse 18. I'm just going to wait for He's faster than me. <laughs> 1 John 4 verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So for, for a lot of us, the, the fear becomes, um, it debilitates us, sorry. It, it takes away our ability to do and to be. Um, but that's exactly what the enemy wants from you. He wants you to be debilitated. Because if he can keep you, like I said just now, if he can keep you from doing the things that you are called, then he's one. If he can keep you content in your struggle without moving forward, without getting that breakthrough, without seeing and showing um, the generation to come what the possibilities are in Christ, he's one. But we shouldn't allow that fear because God loves us and he loves us perfectly. He loves us uniquely, each and every one of us. He loves us in a way that enables you. He loves you in a way that shows you that through me, you can do all things. Because, you, because I know that God loves me, I can go boldly. And I think that's what happened with Jesus. He didn't have to fear those people. He didn't have to fear the Pharisees. He didn't have to fear the people that wanted to hurt him, kill him, or whatever the case might be. But he did that because he knew the Father loved him. He knew that whatever comes, God is behind him. God is there with him in that moment. And if it means that it, it, went, <laughs> it went the bad way, and it did in the end, but he knew that God was with him. Even in that moment on the cross, he knew God is there with me. So then we fear to step out in small things. And then we look to Jesus and we say, I can step out in big things. When we started, before we started today, I was I, like, I get so nervous. <laughs> my voice starts trembling and <laughs> I feel shaky. Sometimes feel feel lightheaded even. <laughs> But that's a fear. That's a fear that, that the enemy puts inside of you. We did spirit wars a, a while back. And it's, 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 <laughs> it's an amazing cause. <laughs> but it brings amazing challenges as well. <laughs> we, were, we were challenged after that. Like, like just before we started hitting the end of, of spirit wars, it started coming. To the point where I almost started getting tormented again, Spiritually. And I, I got up the one night and I was like, I don't know what happened, but I got up. I, I could swear I had something right here next to me. <laughs> and I got up and I and I, and I, I walked through the house, go to the kids, check the kids, walk to the rest of the house. And as I was making my way back to my room, I, just, I, I, just, I stopped in the passage and I, and I said, but I have a God that loves me. I've been, I've been leading this spirit was caused, and yeah, I am fearful of something which I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know what happened, but I'm fearful. And the enemy got me to that place where I woke up in a state. I didn't wake up, Anneli. <laughs> Tell Anneli, hey, it's a karma. <laughs> Maybe I should have done that just for just to see. But anyways, <laughs> that's how the enemy debilitates us. It makes you scared of things that are not even real. Sometimes we, 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 we don't take that first step because we wonder what's going to happen? What if this happens? What if that? It hasn't happened yet. It might never even happen. God has given you a vision, He's given you something to do, and yet, yeah, I am worried about what ifs, something that the enemies put in my head. And so you never start. That fear will debilitate you to the point where you don't start don't allow that to happen don't allow the enemy to come in and tell you that um you've got to be scared of certain things and certain people it's just not how god who god is psalm 23 verse 4 very famous scripture and i love that first very first word in that scripture it says yay Though I walk through the valley of a shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And the reason why I love that first part is it shows that David had peace. He could experience joy. The enemy's coming against me. The enemy wants to destroy me, wants to kill me. Yay. <laughs> why does he do that? Because he trusts in God. He knows that there's a father above that loves him so much, I don't need to fear anything or anyone. I will walk boldly before the enemy. I will do whatever God shows me to do, irrespective of what comes. And I will rejoice. How many of you can can praise and worship in the midst of a, of a very struggle or very challenging time? We we started doing that. A couple of years back already, we started doing that. And we, um, we would go through something so hard. And then you just you just said, like, let's put on worship. Let's just see what happens. And it changes you. It doesn't change your circumstance. It doesn't say the problem goes away. But it changes your perspective. It brings your focus back to God. It makes me believe that, you know what? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can worship, and I can sing, and there's nothing that the enemy can do about that. I will rejoice even in my struggle. I will sing and worship. As hard as it may be, I will do it. And it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a part of the enemy, like I said. His plan is always to keep you in that fear, keep you in that bondage, and keep you down. just want to see if I messed up scriptures. and then in closing let's go to Luke 6 verse 38 it says give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So when I say I surrender it all, I surrender it because I have complete trust in God who God is, who He is for me, and the things that He does through me, I trust Him. I give everything over to him. I think it's Paul Johnson that did such a cool sermon about this, this part of the scripture. Um, the measure that you give is the measure you receive. I want to give everything so that I can receive all of God. <laughs> I want all of him. I want everything that, that, that and, and it's not just going to be good. God never promised us that it will only be good. He promised us that he will be with us. But I want to experience everything that he has planned for me. I want to learn the lessons through my struggles. The seasons when I'm stuck. There's things to learn there. Don't miss the opportunity to receive from God. Don't miss the opportunity in that moment where you are stuck and it feels like you're taking one step forward and five steps back. He's there with you. Lift your hands up and rejoice and say, Lord, This is, this is I'm giving everything to you. I'm trusting you with everything, all that I am. My family, my marriage, my finances, my businesses, whatever I have, Lord, this is yours. I'm but a steward of your favor and your blessing. There's a song we, we listen to, um, and it, it sings, ooh, another blessing. And God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. He wants you to feel that favor of him every single day, in everything you do, everywhere you go. God is there with you. And the enemy will come and try and, uh, what is it? The, the word says lie, cheat, and steal. It's a lie. It's deceitfulness. He has no power over you. He can make things difficult and it can make things hard. But you choose. You say it's a choice to rejoice. So then, I can, res- I can walk righteously with God, knowing that. There's a peace and a joy in store for me. So then, I'm going to leave you with uh, the very last scripture. Sorry, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 17, please. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 17. For our light affliction, which is but but for a moment, is working for us far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. And then with that goes to... um, I will make all things work for good for those that love me and are called according to my purpose. It's momentary. It's light. I think it's the um, amplified translation that says it's a momentary light affliction. When you look back five years from now, maybe, maybe just next year, <laughs> when you look back at this year, you're gonna, you can't you not believe that how tough this year was But then God brought me through it. And I can sit there and I can laugh at the way I sometimes reacted and not responded to the difficult times. I can laugh at all the silly things I thought of (laughs) to try and solve this issue. And then I said, you know what? It's not for me to fix it. God is going to do this. I can trust him with it. I can trust him knowing he loves me completely and he's he's just going to make things work together for my good. And I can go through whatever I go through. I can trust him. So I'm going to leave you with this. So then I will walk faithfully, knowing that He is faithful. I will walk faithfully, so that I might stand righteously before God. I will walk filled with hope, knowing that He is, that He has already won. I will walk. I will walk um, faithfully. Knowing that he loves me perfectly. We might feel stuck. But that stuckness where you are right now, that thing that you're going through, it's making you stronger. You might not see the results right now. You might not see any proof or forward movement. But it's just like exercise. When you start losing weight, you don't see anything. You get on that scale, and that scale says, mm mm nifundaki. <laughs> you look at yourself in a mirror and uh, you just don't see any any change but other people see it more importantly God sees it so keep moving keep walking keep fighting keep doing what you're doing make the changes where changes is necessary as needed and let go of the old take on the new stop looking to other people stop fearing Embrace the newness that comes with loving God and falling in love with Him. Amen. Amen. I might just pray for you guys quickly. So thank you, Lord, for yeah, for your perfect love, Father. That I may walk boldly, Lord, into my purpose, into the kingdom purpose that you have for me. Father, I pray for everyone here that's experiencing a feeling of of being stuck, that ex- experiencing a feeling of that is thinking that they can't anymore. Father, I just pray over them right now an acceleration, an acceleration that, only be, that can only be from you, Father, that you can give, Father. I pray, Lord, that we will not be distracted by the deceitfulness of the enemy, Father, that we would look to you and keep our focus on you, my Father. Lord, thank you for each and every breakthrough. Thank you, Father, for each and every victory. Thank you, Father, for the lessons we learn as we go on our journey, Father. I pray that each one right here, Father, would come out victorious, Lord. That each one right here would walk knowing that they are free because you love them, Father. Thank you, Lord, for this week as we step into it, that we would step out faithfully. That we would step out knowing, Father, that you are with us, you are behind us, and you are carrying, carrying us with you. Thank you, Father, that, yeah, that you sacrifice so much so that we may be free. Let us step into that freedom this week, Father. Going ahead, Father, let us walk our, run our race knowing that you are our prize. So thank you so much, Father, for your love. Thank you for your goodness. And thank you for your glory, your mercy. Lord, I pray that we would glorify you and in the work that we do, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, be blessed. Amen. Well, I trust that message blessed you. Please feel free to contact us for any prayer requests or feedback. We would love to connect with you. You can follow the Word Church Kimberly on any social media platform and become a part of our online community. Be blessed.